You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. The news you want to know. Attorney General. He lied to Congress. Chicken bar should have shown up today. You slandered this man. Circus political stunt. KPEL FM, Brobridge Lafayette. He's very critical of his former boss. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. John Bolton has a lot of bad things to say about President Trump in his new book. And on TV, the White House is pushing back. Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany just told Fox. John Bolton has discredited himself. In his book, the ex-national security advisor writes, the president doesn't know basic facts, asked if Finland is part of Russia, and claims the president went beyond demanding favors from Ukraine for aid, asking China for help in his re-election, and giving favors to dictators he likes. Fox's John Decker is live in Washington. In an interview with ABC News, John Bolton claims President Trump is only concerned about President Trump. I don't think he's fit for office. I I don't think he has the competence to carry out the job. There really isn't any guiding principle uh, that I was able to discern other than uh, what's good for Donald Trump's re-election. The president on Hannity last night called his former national security advisor a liar. The Justice Department has asked a federal judge in Washington for a preliminary injunction to block the sale of the book. Simon & Schuster, the book's publisher, said the injunction request will accomplish nothing. Dave? Well, John, the president has reacted also to what happened in Atlanta, telling Fox it's very sad. You can't resist a police officer, and, you know, if you have a disagreement, you have to take it up after the fact. And the president hopes the officer who shot Rayshard Brooks gets a fair trial. Garrett Rolfe was charged with murder, another officer charged with aggravated assault. Brooks family attorney Chris Stewart. Nobody's happy, nobody's celebrating, because this never should have happened. We shouldn't have to celebrate as African-Americans when we get a piece of justice. Another one and a half million people filed new jobless claims last week. Unemployment has spiked in this corona-caused recession, but filings are way down from the peak in late March. On Wall Street, Dow futures are down more than 200 points. Ask your Amazon smart speaker to play the news from Fox. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Two years ago, one of our biggest stories was the U.S. trying to work out a nuclear deal with North Korea. Days after President Trump's summit with Kim Jong-un. But that effort has stalled and things have gotten very tense at the Korean border this week. So South Korea's top nuclear negotiator will hold talks in Washington as tensions continue to rise on the Korean peninsula. The meeting will reportedly take place with top U.S. officials, including National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien. South Korea's foreign ministry released a statement saying the purpose of this unannounced trip is to assess the situation and discuss responses. Earlier this week, North Korea blew up its liaison 
Tehran office on their side of the border, warning of total catastrophe between the two sides. All of this in response to North Korean defectors and activists sending propaganda over the border using balloons. That's Fox's Trey Yingst. With coronavirus cases spiking up in some states, hitting new highs in like Florida and Texas, the CDC is giving us updated guidance to wear a cloth mask in public, bring sanitizer, and also tissues for when you open doors and touch surfaces. You may not be familiar with her, but she was a star back in the 1940s. British singer Vera Lynn buoyed the spirits of Allied troops and the folks back home with her uplifting recordings during World War II. We meet again. Don't know where. Don't know where. Lynn also toured with England's Entertainment National Services, the equivalent of USO tours, entertaining soldiers in India, Egypt, and Burma. Becoming so popular with the troops, they dubbed her the Forces Sweetheart. She promoted veterans' causes and later established a fund for victims of cerebral palsy. That's Fox's Jack Callahan. Vera Lynn was 103 years old. Another death, Jean Kennedy Smith. She was 92, a former ambassador to Ireland, best remembered as former President John F. Kennedy's last surviving sibling. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good Thursday morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with this update for you right here on News Talk 96.5 Cape Hill. We'll get up to 90 degrees today with a 30% chance of showers and storms. Your full forecast is coming up from the KTC Storm Team 3 Weather Lab. A measure that would provide the gaming industry in the state of Louisiana with $83 million in tax breaks over the next five years is awaiting debate on the Senate floor after a Senate committee's approval on the bill. The legislation allows each casino to distribute $5 million in free promotional play wagers without having to pay taxes. And the casinos can use those play wagers as a marketing tool to attract more customers. Lake Charles Senator Ronnie John said his proposal is to help an industry that's been hard hit by the COVID-19 economic shutdown. Lafayette Mayor President Josh Guillory announced another town hall meeting, this one on Wednesday, June 24th from 5 to 6 p.m. in the Council Auditorium. This is the second in a series of town hall meetings scheduled to happen at the end of every month. Now, if you decide to attend, you must wear a mask and you'll be subject to temperature checks before entering the building. St. Landry Parish Sheriff's Deputy Chief Eddie Thibodeau says a juvenile male has been arrested after a woman called in to complain that there were gunshots all through her home after she heard a bunch of noise. Now, Sheriff Bobby Guidro says the shooting happened Thursday of last week at a home on Fontenot Road in Opelousas. The woman told detectives she heard gunfire, walked out of her bedroom, and found there were gunshot holes all over her home. Thibodeau says they believe the motive for the young man to shoot up this house with some sort of fight with the homeowner's daughter the very day the shooting happened. Louisiana colleges and universities are refunding students approximately $24 million due to the coronavirus interruption of the academic school year. LSU tops the list, returning $4.4 million to students. Now most of the refunds cover the charges for housing, which students had to vacate for about two months before the end of the scheduled school year. Colleges and universities received $147 million from a $2.2 trillion federal rescue bill. A Kaplan man is wanted by the Acadia Parish Sheriff's Office for allegedly stealing thousands of dollars worth of equipment from a business. Detectives are hoping someone will give them information on the whereabouts of 31-year-old Brandon Joseph Broussard, who they say is a suspect in a case where all that equipment was taken from an Acadia Parish business. 
You can call 789-TIPS if you have any more information. The Louisiana Workforce Commission releases a tool to help report employees who are refusing to come back to work while still claiming unemployment benefits. Assistant Secretary with LWC Robert Woolley says it's a simple process. You just go over to laworks.net and there will be a link on the front page. Now, typically, someone who would only be eligible for $247 in unemployment benefits each week gets an extra $600 in federal money, which makes it hard for some employers to compete. Live music will be allowed in state bars, clubs, and restaurants for the first time since mid-March when pandemic closures began. However, business owners must apply for approval with the state's fire marshal's office and the Louisiana Department of Public Health before the band plays. State Fire Marshal Butch Browning says it's to gain approval from businesses who meet certain criteria. There's separation. There's a certain standard to the HVAC system in the building, the social distancing between the band and the people, as well as the, the social distancing that's already required uh, of the patrons of a restaurant bar. Browning says the State Fire Marshal's office will collect data from businesses applying for permission for live entertainment, but the final decision is made by the Department of Health. The last couple days of, of cases in Louisiana, it has seen an increase in our state, and that's concerning. And I'm sure that that plays into the Department of Health's recommendations as to what may be allowed or what might not be allowed. Recent numbers indicate an uptick in daily coronavirus case numbers, which could be a factor in the Department of Health's approval process. Browning said the state fire marshal's role is to offer guidance for businesses to comply. It's not a matter of just because because I've always had a band in this building, I want to have a band. There's a lot of things that have to be done differently. There's a lot of mitigation measures based on best practices. And finally, Governor Edwards tells a caller on his monthly radio show that if they go to a business and find it isn't following social distancing and mask guidelines, they shouldn't spend money there. Here's Matt Doyle. If you will do that, and if others will do that, I, I think we would have a lot more compliance, and, and then we, people would be a lot safer as we re-engage more of our economy. That's Edwards, who made the comments in light of a recent jump in COVID cases over the past week. He says these recent increases are still likely due to increased testing, but... It is obvious now that the heat and humidity is not going to stamp it out. And despite that heat, he says you still need to wear a mask if you leave the house. I'm Matt... Pretty typical summertime pattern across Acadiana this afternoon. Highs topping out at around 90 degrees with a few scattered showers and storms mainly along our coastal parishes this afternoon but otherwise partly cloudy. Lows tonight dropping into the upper 60s to right around 70 degrees under mainly clear skies. And then looking at a little bit of a drier Friday, rain chances only about 10% as highs once again top out in the lower 90s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Bradley Benoit on News Talk 96.5. KPL. Our current temperature is 73 degrees, and our weather update is brought to you by the CJ Martell Foundation. Join them in the fight against leukemia, cancer, and AIDS, and your support helps to save more lives. Visit tjmartell.org to find out more. News Talk 96.5, KPL. Right now, traffic. And it looks like we're still good on the roads. You know what? This isn't my expertise. Burn, do you see anything on the road? Yeah, let me double check here. Can Let's you please see. Check your side? Yep, all clear. Yay! I thought that was a technical problem, but anyway, awesome. Good news. <laughs> We're back with more Acadiana's Morning News and St. Landry Crime Stoppers Eddie Thibodeau when we were.
You know, it turns out like Bernie, she's that tambourine in my life. Like my <laughs> look, it's just going right along. Ooh. And then you just in the background, like just making noise, you know? <laughs> anyway, welcome back to Acadia on this morning news. It is 814 here, and we're joined by Eddie Thibodeau. And it's been a busy couple days. First of all, it's been a busy couple days for him work-wise. But apparently now he thinks he's uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh-huh. And um, and uh, so so tell more me about, about the size of Mark McGuire. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, yeah, before Mark, or after Dave Bruce? <laughs> oh, oh, definitely. Uh, listen, it takes me 26 minutes to get a flu shot <laughs> to calm down. So uh, definitely, let's go, Babe Ruth. Oh, I think he was starting stout. But see, Babe Ruth. Yeah. I mean, that's before you had to be the sexiest man alive. You just had to play good baseball. Oh, yeah. You know, that's true. They knew what but was yeah, right back um, then. Well, you know, uh, you know, talking about that, they uh, the Eunice Rec uh, decided to do a little uh, start season for you know for the kids and stuff. You know, again to get them out the house and stuff. They're doing they're practicing uh, safeguards and stuff. You know, you can't sit together on the bleachers and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, we had a good little game yesterday, and um, I'm not as good as I used to be <laughs> once was. <laughs> <laughs> and what that's that just song, that the Toby kids. Keith song. I'm not as yeah, good right. as I once was because well, yeah. I and was that's just chasing the kids now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not bad. That's just chasing the kids. That's, that's you know? right. I know. So, uh, good morning. Well, good. So tell us what's going on up in St. Landry Parish. I know yesterday uh, we had a story, which is still strange. I mean, I've, I've read over your email and the release that you sent over. Obviously, we don't have much information on identities or anything else because it involves a minor. But this lady finds. Gun sh- hole, gun shots or gun hole, bullet holes uh, through her house, and it all seems to have stemmed from an argument that this young man had with the daughter of the homeowner. Um, with, with the daughter, yes. Wow. She's in the back room in her bedroom, and she's hearing noises like, and you know, everybody's pretty much down south. We we know what gunshots are, and she starts hearing them, and she walks up, and she walks out of her room and sees bullet holes everywhere. And uh, she calls the department and stuff. And with the witnesses and the surveillance, uh, we were able to identify a 16-year-old male. And one of one of the problems was uh, they had other people in the house, and one of the people, one of the other people, were pregnant in there. Oh. Um, and this young kid just thought it would be acceptable, I guess, after an argument with her daughter, just to run by the house and and shoot ten to uh, five to ten times into the house. No one was shot, you know. No, I mean, uh, I mean, there's other ways to, to solve problems, and we all know that. But shooting blatantly into the house, uh, that's just uncalled for. We, in fact, we uh, can't go too much because yeah. he was 16, um, but uh, we expect more arrests also. Mm. Mm. So more people could be involved. All right. 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 What else is, uh, is going on up there in St. Landry Parish? How are things? Well, you know, go ahead. I got a little delay. Hmm. You still there? Yeah, okay. we are. All right, I got you. Yeah, Somebody was calling on my phone. Um, all right, no, it's uh, we did a January uh, 2020. We, we kind of did a rerun because uh, we had a four people go into the quarters in um, north of St. Landry and break into a vehicle while this lady was parked there, busted the window out, and the video is awesome. That I mean, you could ID these people. I mean, it's easy. But we're thinking that they're from uh, being a time 49 is probably up north or something because uh, we got a couple of tips in, but nobody's ID these people. So uh, we want uh, the detective section want to rerun this and maybe, you know, maybe somebody missed it. Yeah. So um, 
uh, we're trying to get these guys ID. So just go to our Facebook page. Uh, we'll we'll be airing the video again after we uh, we finish with this and uh, just help us out. Help this lady. Uh, you know, um, she got a busted window. She got some stuff stolen out. So we want to try to ID these guys. Wow. All right. Well, we love to remind people about the P3 app where you can go report these things. The, your name is not confidential. It is anonymous. No one knows who your it's name anonymous. is. And even when they pay out these uh, rewards, you might think, well, well they're going to have to know to you know, give me a check, whose name to put on the check. That's not how you do it. You go to a bank. Nope. It's a complete third party. So you're really encouraged right. to give tips when you have them. And what good thing we did uh, yesterday, We uh, the board's going to meet through... Uh, through uh, a Skype or a Zoom or something, uh, we had a lady turn in a uh, sex offender, so we're going to pay her out. And uh, she accidentally said um, she, and I was like, all right. So I, I kind of, we can't respond back to each other. I said, listen, don't say nothing about my neighbor. Don't say nothing about your, your age, your, your race, your anything, because we want you to post um, just the information and don't say, well, my uncle, because then, of course, you can be identified. So we redact all that for our board before they get it. But uh, it's something else. She started on Facebook. So don't tip on Facebook. You know, um, we, we want you to go through the app or the phone or the uh, online at stlandrycrimestoppers.com. All right. Makes perfect sense. Eddie Thibodeau. We want, you to, yeah, we want you to be careful and not give anything that would someone would know who you are. Right. Yes. Can you uh, can you stay with us for one more segment? I have a couple stories sure. I would like your um, insight in, uh, professional opinion, you know, all that stuff. So just go ahead and stay online right. with us here. I'm Eddie Thibodeau is going to join us for one more second. It's uh, one more segment. Excuse me. It is eight nineteen and seventy six degrees in Lafayette. Louisiana Association of Broadcasters Prestige Award winner because of you. Thanks for listening to News Talk ninety six five Cave Hill. So we venture into the hard-hitting world of uh, kicker stories that we have for you today. And uh, joining us for this segment of the show is Eddie Thibodeau from St. Landry Crime Stoppers. Good morning to you, sir. You know, if I learned how to work this board, I'd be in a better situation. <laughs> Good morning to you, Eddie. Sorry. Where is he? Did he go? No. No, he is. He left out. Oh, you want to call that back? No, you know what? He. He's, oh, there's no. You gotta call him. Or I can't do all you, you. I can't run this stuff like you. If he calls back, we'll take him. Eddie, call back. I'm tough. <laughs> hey, not even the coronavirus quarantine can stop the Avatar sequel. Oh, from really? being produced. The okay. James Cameron directed flick has resumed production in New Zealand after pressing the pause button for several months due to the international spread of the virus. Now remember, yes. New Zealand has been able to declare itself corona-free. Right. So they have, they're moving on with their life. Um, news was confirmed by producer John Landau on Instagram this week. The post contained a photo of a soundstage full of people working on the movie and all the professionals, including James Cameron. He's 65. He was operating a camera crane. Pretty cool. Ah. All right. So uh, let's see. Eddie, are you there now? Eddie? Are you there now, Mr. Thibodeau? I'm there now. I don't oh. know what's going on. I don't know. <laughs> what be that unit. Uh, my phone must have caught COVID or something. Uh, let's, <laughs> you know what? You're thinking too hard about it. It's clearly Russia. 
Anyways, um, so we just now talked about Avatar. The movie Avatar, uh, the sequel to it, has continued production in New Zealand. Because, you know, New Zealand, they, they, they took on the masket or casket thing. You know, everyone masked up, yeah, okay. and, and now there's no, no cases there. So, um, so they're continuing. So that's good news. I wanted to move on to England, where apparently even the cows can't wait for hotels and restaurants to reopen. Video shows a herd of cows strolling through the parking lot and hanging out at a beer garden. <laughs> Guess what? You said that was St. Landry? Also, <laughs> yeah, I said Port Berry. You might have heard England, but okay. I said Port Berry. That's, anyway. That's a buckle, yeah. Um, <laughs> they wandered through the seating area, checked out even a wedding facility. The owner said at one point they actually looked like guests, which they hadn't seen in several months. So he wasn't real mad about it. The cows had come from a nearby farm. And we're led back, and everyone is happy. Are you trying to say they were in, like, dress black tie or something, black tie affair? think about it. It's always a black tie. Like a tuxedo? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's always a black tie affair for the cows, you know? Um, An Idaho man, uh, more than 150 world records to his name, is at it again. He just bounced 16 ping pong balls into a pint glass in one minute. It beats the old record by four. David Rush is his name. Says he almost couldn't believe it since he tried several times. Last month, he set a record by bouncing five. And before that, it was in two seconds. Five balls into a glass in two seconds. Wow. What college he went to? <laughs> Not you will, because he would have had a biology glass? degree. Um, <laughs> what was in a pint glass? This has been his hobby, by the way, for about six years. He started juggling them, and then it just took off from there. So, anyway, <laughs> that's all I got uh, today. And, uh, Eddie, we appreciate you reconnecting with hey, that. Hey, we love y'all. A great uh, great show, Bernie. Um, I, don't, I try to get on the computer and listen to yours and stuff. Aww. You know, um, Beautiful. I mean, uh, and thank y'all again what we do. Hey, and guess what? Nominations. We're not having the convention in um Omaha uh-huh. for Crime Stoppers, but they are. We're going to do like a virtual convention, and we they are um, taking the nominations and for the awards again this year. Anyway, so we're so we're in the running. We're we always in a running three times in a row, three years in a row for a hundred thousand and below population. So, uh, and that's because of your listeners and, and because of y'all. So, thank y'all and God bless y'all. All right, thank appreciate you, man. it so much, Eddie. We appreciate it. All right, it's eight twenty six now at News Talk ninety six five. So, yes, do you like that couch you're sitting on? Well, of course. Well, a lot of people don't like the couch they're sitting on. I'll put it to you that way. And homefern.com. Oh, I thought you meant the one I was looking at. Oh, or were you looking at one on at your homefern.com? <laughs> yes. I want a new couch really bad. So, so they have everything for you, every budget, every style. There is a team of buyers that keep up with the latest trends and fashion and home furniture. And they have it all for you at homefern.com. It's pretty cool. Locations across the Gulf Coast with guaranteed next day delivery. That's because just north of I-10... Right here in Lafayette, there is a huge, uh, I don't even know, I was about to say 50,000 square foot, but it has to be way more than that. Um, 50,000 pieces of furniture inside their distribution center. That's why they can deliver next day. It's what they do. You can find all the deals and specials at homefern.com, including sales going on now. Go see them at homefern.com or stop by any of the stores. My store is the one at uh, Johnston and Ambassador. It's right there in the corner, not far from PetSmart. Um, 
Go find something there. Go find something new. Brighten up your retirement. Grow wealth safely. It's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from KPL965.com. And now some national headlines this Thursday morning, two minutes and 12 seconds. That's how long Richard Brooks was bleeding before two Atlanta officers called for medical help. The district attorney also revealed in his final moments, including the officer charged in his killing, Garrett Rolfe, kicking the father of four after shooting him twice in the back. He was fired right after it happened and charged with murder yesterday. A second officer was seen standing on Brooks's shoulder as he fought for his life. He's now charged with assault. Both have until tonight to turn themselves in. And prosecutors in that case want the officer to be held behind bars without bond. That's what they're recommending for Rolf after he was charged with killing Richard Brooks last Friday night. The recommendation for the second officer, a $50,000 bond. This case will mark the 40th time officers have been prosecuted for misconduct in Georgia's Fulton County. An effort to make national parks safer is one step closer to reality. The Senate passed a $900 million conservation bill yesterday. Some of the money would go to clearing the backlog of repairs and improvements needed. A Colorado senator who sponsored the bill says it's, quote, a lifeline to mountain towns and recreational communities hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. The bill now goes to the House and will be voted on next month. The mayor of Tulsa, Oklahoma, says President Trump's rally on Saturday would worry any rational person. He called it an honor to host Trump, but admits he's not positive it won't lead to more COVID-19 cases and having it surge even more. G.T. Bynum confirms he'll greet Trump when he arrives, but won't take part in the rally. Instead, he'll spend the day with police officers. A monument in South Carolina will be removed nearly 124 years after it was put up. Charleston's mayor told that to a cheering crowd yesterday. The celebration also led to some being arrested for vandalism and having that area closed off. The mayor says former Vice President John C. Calhoun has a deeply troubling legacy of defending slavery and white supremacy. He says moving the statue is a long overdue reckoning. In some surprising comments, President Trump says he would absolutely support Colin Kaepernick getting another shot in the NFL. In an interview with Sinclair, the president said if the former San Francisco 49ers quarterback deserves a spot on the roster, he should get signed. Trump added his play, quote, wasn't up to snuff prior to his exit from the league. Kaepernick has not played in the NFL since 2016 after he began kneeling during the national anthem to protest police brutality and racial injustice. Trump has criticized the 32-year-old for the gesture, saying it disrespects the flag and the country. Congressman Adam Schiff is slamming John Bolton over writing a book instead of testifying before Congress. On Twitter, Schiff said President Trump's former national security advisor may be an author, but he's no patriot. The California Democrat added Bolton refused to testify in the Ukraine inquiry and instead saved it for a book. Excerpts from that book that's due to be released next week was published by the Washington Post. Bolton apparently wrote that House Democrats committed impeachment malpractice during that investigation. In business news, Alaska's congressional delegation asking federal regulators to investigate after several banks discriminated and refused to fund oil and gas projects in the Arctic. In a letter sent to the head of the Federal Reserve and others, all three Republicans say banks might be discriminating against Alaska natives who depend on oil and gas jobs. Since November, five major U.S. banks and several international banks have introduced policy changes 
prohibiting investments in the Arctic. Target will keep paying its workers $15 an hour. The retail giant started that payback in March because of the pandemic and now plans to keep it going forward. The minimum wage officially increases by $2 on July 5th. Target will also give the employees a recognition bonus of $200 at the end of next month. And finally, Twitter's introducing voice tweets. Now users can record up to 140 seconds of audio and post it to their Twitter feed. Twitter employees announced the new feature Wednesday. They say it will create more human experiences for listeners and storytellers alike. Voice tweeting currently limited to a certain iOS users, but will roll out to everyone in the coming weeks. High pressure sliding just off to our east this afternoon is going to allow a little bit more humidity and moisture to the region this afternoon. So we'll keep scattered showers and storms in the forecast, mainly uh, south of Interstate 10 along our coastal parishes this afternoon. Otherwise, partly cloudy with high temperatures topping out at around 90 degrees. Overnight tonight into tomorrow morning, lows in the upper 60s to right around 70 degrees. And then I think we stay a little bit drier as we head through your Friday. Rain chances only about 10% as highs top out in the lower 90s and then heading into saturday more of the same pretty quiet conditions highs once again at around 92 93 and then a little bit better rain chances as we head into father's day and then really as we start the upcoming work week rain chances really start to ramp up from the storm team three weather lab i'm meteorologist bradley benoit on news talk 96.5 kpel right now 76 degrees here at acadiana's morning news it's brought to you by Overhead Door of Lafayette. Trust only them with the door over your head. All right, it's 835 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL, and Dr. Tina Stefanski joins us next. KPL, welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. And Dr. Tina Stefanski joins us. So she is over Region 4 for the Department of Health, but also here in Lafayette Parish is the head of the Medical Task Force. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning. So good to be here with you all. Uh, well, we appreciate the chance to catch up with you. Um, people have so many questions. They email us, text us, call us all the time to ask. One of the big questions, Dr. Stefanski, that people are asking is, what they really need to be doing right now if they are going back to work and they are worried about, you know, getting COVID-19 infection, what is your best advice? Sure. So, it's, you know, it's really basic. It's really basic advice. And so if you think of, you know, COVID-19 is um, it's a respiratory illness. And so think of the way that we try to prevent spread of flu and other respiratory viruses. It's spread by droplets when you cough, sneeze, talk sing, kind of forcefully exhale. That's how the virus is spread. Okay. And so that's why we talk about, um, unlike the flu, where we have a vaccine and a lot of, and, and pretty good immunity. This is a new virus, so we don't. So what we're trying to do is prevent the spread of infection until we have a vaccine and until we know how to best treat this virus. So the guidance is we want to, you know, prevention is the message. And so think of those respiratory droplets as the main driver of spread of infection. So try to keep distance between you and, and other people. So that's why we talk about that six because that's about as far as little droplets travel. You know, if you're going to sneeze or cough, do it with your arm and not your hand. Um, don't touch your face with your hands. That might be contaminated from touching a surface, and then you rub your eyes, nose, or mouth, and can introduce infection. And then when you can't maintain that.
practice is a 60. So if you're at work um, and you work in a setting that might be crowded as you get up, you know, to, to walk to the kitchen um, or other places in the office, wear a face covering um, to, to prevent that spread of droplet, um, that spread of droplets. When you go to the grocery store, the drugstore, um, just out shopping, and you know that it's going to be difficult to maintain that six feet of distance reliably, just wear a face covering to reduce that potential spread of infection. There's been so much yeah. that, yeah, Rob and I were going to ask you about the mask situation because yeah. you had referenced that, you know, like if you're walking from place to place, even in your own office, originally they're like, no, masks don't work. Then we've seen information about studies they've done in the last two and a half months. So if you have a compromised immune system, you should be mm -hmm. wearing a mask. But what about the everyday average person who's like, hey, I feel good. I'm always feeling good. What do you think, doctor? So actually, when you wear a mask, you're really not protecting yourself because the mask that we're wearing, the cloth face covering, is to prevent droplet infection. And so it is, the message has changed, but it's only changed because over the last several months, the Centers for Disease Control um, and others have determined that there is a role for asymptomatic spread. We didn't know that before. You know, this is, this is really new information over the last couple of months. And so once that was determined that someone could be carrying the virus and before their symptoms develop, they're actually able to spread by coughing, speaking forcefully. So that's why the recommendation is now that if we all wear some type of face covering when we're out and can't maintain that distance, then we all protect each other. And so that person who's, you know, immunocompromised, they're wearing the mask to protect you. And so you really, we all, you know, who are fortunate enough to be younger and healthier should wear our face covering the masks to protect those individuals. And, I think and so that yeah. that's really... It's a very different message. Not that it's a different message. It's a different way to think about it. Yeah. You're not wearing the mask to keep yourself yeah. from getting it. You're wearing the mask because if you are asymptomatic and you could still spread it, you were protecting other people your from friends, you. Your friends, your family, strangers. Yes. <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, I know it's an inconvenience. It's definitely something, right, absolutely so different for us. But you can see in other parts of the world, you know, this is just an intervention that we need um, at this point. We don't have access to testing where we can, you know, test individuals rapidly, quickly, daily to determine whether or not they potentially are carrying this virus. And so, really, the, the best that we can do is, is, follow, is, is take these other preventive measures to try to prevent the spread. Okay. Face coverage is just one, yeah. and, and then some social distance. So let's talk about the numbers here locally, because yeah. we've seen the yeah. uptick in cases. Sure. And then, you know, right. one of the immediate things that we have heard, even on the federal level, was, well, we're going to have more cases because we have more testing. So then it's kind of like the next tier of things to look at is hospitalizations. That is going mm -hmm. up as well. So where are we locally in the response and, and are we prepared? It's not really a second wave, really, because the first one didn't completely end yet. Right. You're so very astute. Yes, we're still in the first wave. Um, and so our, our hospitals, uh, you know, are, are doing a, a superb job. And but, but we are starting to see an increase in hospitalizations. It's sporadic. And it's not sustained or region-wide, but we are starting to see an increase in hospitalizations. And that's what we're trying to prevent. Because once you're, you know, hospitalized, that means you've got a significant illness. And we're still trying to figure out how to best treat this virus. I mean, it's clear that, you know, every couple of weeks we hear about a new treatment, a new potential treatment. So we need to give medicine and science time to figure out how to treat these individuals who are sick enough to be hospitalized. So that's the measure that we're trying to prevent a growth in. So we're seeing these cases rise in the community. We're testing 
testing more. What we're hopeful is that as we increase testing, we're going to start to see a decrease in cases because we're able to give people good guidance and say, hey, look, you tested positive. You need to remain home. And then let's talk about the people in your household or the people you work with. Are they symptomatic? Do they need to be tested? And then that's how we're going to get to the point where we're able to, I think, at, at the really granular level, keep people, you know, inform people, um, and give them the information they need to make good decisions. We only have about a minute left. Um, we're joined by Dr. Tina Stefanski, local health official and, um, and a member of the task force, the head of the task force here in Lafayette Parish. Um, have you done any reading about this dexamethasone, which is initially the doctors and medical professionals had said steroid treatment is not what you need for this. But right. we are seeing that there is some promise in some studies um, over in the UK is sort of where it started. I know some doctors in the United States are trying it. Is that something that yeah. if the outcomes are so much better that we have on hand to do here. Sure. So that's actually, uh, you know, there's a medication that are uh, more readily available than some of these antivirals. So it would be wonderful if this does prove to be uh, a useful treatment. It's just a really to caution everyone that, again, there's still these these studies and, and clinical trials that need to really, that are, are working to prove what treatment does effectively um, treat this virus. And so it's still, this is just kind of one year, again, every couple of weeks is something that looks promising. And this is kind of the latest yeah. Um, you know, the latest drug that we're talking about, but there's still really no tried and true method for, for treatment. And so I can tell you, we have, I think, the best doctors in the state mm -hmm. here in Acadiana and nurses and support staff. And so they're trying, you know, we don't know all that, that's happening as far as from the treatment side, but, um, but they are, are really um, working so hard to effectively treat patients that are hospitalized and, 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 and are very well aware of all of these, um, you know, new medications and drugs that do look promising. Great information. Ooh, Dr. Yes, Tina as always. Thank you so much. We asked yesterday. I know you're an in-demand person right yes. now, and we appreciate you coming on. And thank uh, you for everything no, you're doing well, for us. Well, thanks for helping to share the message, and, uh, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with everyone. All right. God bless you, lady. I know you're you're working you. all the time. <laughs> so many people are. Oh, Thank no. you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. You're welcome. All right. It's 844 Take now. Care. News Talk 96.5 KPEL coming up. She uh, works we so had, hard. I, I, you you know, know, and, and that's what I think a lot of people don't realize. It's, you know, every single day you're hearing something different. Yeah. It, it's one thing to get the information that makes it all the way into media coverage that we're talking about. But little things doctor do's doctors do every single day yeah don't always get the fanfare because yeah, right they're just trying to keep a patient alive yes so, anyway great information mm. as always all right bob Carricker tells us about christopher columbus what? next on the katie Anna's morning summer bob is in full effect and he's in studio here with us today great to see you good to see you you know you get I haven't shaved for a while yeah <laughs> Oh, is that a while? <laughs> Two days. I wouldn't tell people that. <laughs> Two days. <laughs> um, so every week, you have done the show faithfully. You yes. have faithfully performed for our audience. Yes. That's right. And I, I am have, a faithful performer. You have done it <laughs> in our parking lot. Well, I haven't season. done it in your parking lot, but Bob, stay on track. Okay. Please. You have done the segment with us. Yes. From our parking lot every time. Every yeah. Week. You right, have not not left your house to come do the segment. That's right, commendable. It you know it makes it better. I mean, it, it makes it better for me. It adds to the routine. It's a real yeah. thing. So yeah, it actually it are just you, adds to it. Are uh -huh. you like chomping at the bit because you're so routine based? No, no, no. 
Okay. <laughs> you might think, I'm right? Tr- it would seem like I'll I would be, be. I'm trying to explain all these words. You're perks. trying to like help. Trying I to- appreciate you're trying to help me. But here. I have nothing for you, you know? <laughs> I actually believe, Bernie, he put that shirt on right. Right. And then when he got here, he unbuttoned, unbuttoned it. it. <laughs> Anyways, so last week I put it in a request. You did. And that is, you know, anytime we have kind of a bubbling up of racial issues in this country. Right. It very quickly ends up turning to Columbus. Right. Um, we have had it's a curious of, thing. Well, I think a lot of people don't know because if you're a schoolhouse rock kid like me, you know, you know that, is it Columbus sailed the ocean blue? Is that Columbus? Yeah. That's right. Columbus sailed the ocean yeah. blue in 1492. 1492. Right. That's just what you know. Right. He's happy and he's a cartoon and he found the new land. Right. Discovery and new opportunity. Yes. So then you put everything through the lens of 2020 as we do. And I think it is a, appalling because we know so much more in 2020 clearly than we knew in 1492, right? Or but we put 1972, or 19, <laughs> or I was about to say 2019, I right? Mean, or January of 2020. You know, things are different, um, and people are going after Columbus again. So I was just yeah. hoping you could use your historical background to explain to me why he bubbles up and what the issue people have with him and why they're tearing his statue. I will do that. Um, I, you know, a couple of things. First of all, I don't normally take requests from you. Um, that's a dangerous thing for me to get into, taking historical requests. But I actually had three people over the last week say to me, on you know, just people that I ran into, oh, I heard that you're going to be doing this on really? r- on Thursday right and I thought, oh my gosh so see, people are actually listening and actually yeah. expecting things yeah. now and see, so he, I've got to live up to it did you hear what he just said he said I didn't think anybody listened to this stupid show <laughs> <laughs> so right you didn't tell me that I wouldn't well, I would be more concerned uh, you know don't worry about the request because a qu- request is just something I don't know enough about be concerned when I say no, Bob. No. We're not talking <laughs> about stop? that history. Well, I know when I got Those home. People aren't I got home last week, and my wife said that was really boring. <laughs> I said, "All right, please stop listening." Thank and thanks for the compliment. Yeah. Okay, so let's dive into Columbus here. Okay, so the last time we actually talked about Christopher Columbus in here, it yeah. had to do with him thinking that he had spotted uh, mermaids, yes, and they were the actually mermaids. manatees. Yeah. So you know, keep that. Keep that. Everybody should always keep that in context. I like the different. Way time different people not as sophisticated as we are mm-hmm. um and then the other thing i like to to mention about christopher columbus is and i'm half italian my my mother's family was directly from italy it's cristoforo colombo and colombo means pigeon actually oh. so if you really want to go after the guy you know call him pigeon boy or something like that I and like truthfully this. the pigeons Love him. They love his statues. <laughs> That's true. The <laughs> pigeons do love him. I mean, it's the pigeons do love his statues. So now I want to protest that we're getting rid of bird habitats. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyways. That, we're right. Where are the pigeons going to land go? if we chop the heads off of all of the Columbus statues? Yes, I'm with you. Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, it was actually 1792. That's a long time ago that New York City first established Christopher Columbus Day as something of note. And that was because of the tremendous um, Italian immigration into New York. But it was 300 years after. If you say it was 1792... Yeah. Right. 1492 is when he sailed the ocean blue. Right. So a long time after. Yeah, a long time after gone. that. Right. I mean, he's he, he has stuck in our collective consciousness for the achievement that he made. And the achievement was 
setting off and sailing across an ocean of unknown size towards unknown lands. Well, he thought he knew the lands, but into the unknown and taking a risk and doing something that led to a change in the world. Now, you can say, yeah, it led to a change in the world, terrible decimation. And this is true, um, but I think 300 years after it, in 1792, when they first established this, they weren't focusing on the negative. Um, and we tend to focus now on the negative of it all. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. sort of goes, you know, I won't even get into the, the Confederate part of that because I understand that even a little bit more than the Columbus deal. But you had like the John McDonough um, bust in New Orleans that was you know, carried to the river, the right. Mississippi River, and dumped in. Now, he was involved in the slave trade. He also left a sizable portion of his estate of his wealth to start public schools in new Orleans. And so that's the reason he celebrated. Right. So, you know, I, I do think it's kind of hard because, you know, the only reason we know about Columbus is because we learned about someone who set out to find the new world and actually didn't even realize where he was going kind of ended up off course. Right. And that's the whole reason that a city like New York can even exist. Exactly. It's, it's interesting. So uh, there were actually three countries that rejected Columbus's idea because it was too it was too harebrained. It was too risky. It was too unknown. And no, it, this is going to be failure. England said no. Portugal said no for a long, long time. Spain said no. And people thought people said, no, you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. He was wrong about the size of the ocean, and this had nothing to do with the world being round. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone of any thinking capacity at that point knew that the world was, in fact, round. They didn't know how big the world was, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the unknown. And that we hadn't been to space, into. so you couldn't, like, go up into space and look back and see what it actually looks like. You right, just knew how things worked and yeah. how long it took people to get places. So, you know, I mean, when Christopher Columbus discovered the new right. world, and that's a problematic thing to say, because clearly there were people already here. And you can't say, you know, you can't roll into my yard and say, look what I've just discovered here, because I'm going to come out and I'm going to say, uh, I'm, I'm here. Right. You didn't discover this. So that's, right. that's totally true and yep. totally charged to say discovered. Um, but there was a larger discovery and merging of two worlds that otherwise didn't really know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is also true that great things came from that, but it is true that terrible things came mm-hmm. from that. And, and Christopher Columbus is not an, a figure without problems. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was terribly abusive to the native populations. Mm-hmm. He was terribly abusive to the Spanish colonists that were under his rule. They actually, Spain actually arrested him at one point and brought him back to Spain and stripped him of his political governorship wow. of these new lands that he had quote unquote discovered. Mm-hmm. So he's not without problems. Um, but you know, I know that all of those statues that were put up a hundred years ago, 50 years ago, and all of the learning about Christopher Columbus that is sort of in our collective consciousness never focuses on that negativity. And, and the people who want those statues, they don't want them because of the negative side of anyone. They want them because they represent opportunity and they represent discovery and they represent what we can do and what we can achieve. So, if you focus on only tearing things down and not adding to and building up, 
think you've got a you're you're headed in the wrong direction. The University of Missouri has a statue of Thomas Jefferson sitting on a bench on its campus, and in the last couple of weeks, you know, saw this big change.org petition petition to get rid of it, and they put out a statement that honestly kind of threw cold water on the whole thing. We don't remove things. Yeah, we don't. Maybe and you can add to things. Add to it. I, I've always think that, that the Jefferson, the Jackson statue in New Orleans. Thing. Put another plaque up. I, I think so. Put another statue. Put, put another, another statue up. So right. We understand. Here's what used to happen. Here is where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I am. People who forget history forget what so many people have worked and done and died for, and then how changes in our minds, how we mm-hmm. think about things right but i also think i agree it's, i also think it's a, a compliment to us as a society you know to be able to say here's how far we've come yes we have we have further to go right but you know like with the john like the john mcdonough thing to me that was one where i looked and, and i do think there should be almost like you know in a textbook as well as i do these like blurbs or kind of bubbles that are put into the text where it's like did you know and you know and it kind of gives you a little bit more context where i think you say Look at all of these people who were involved in the slave trade. It was terrible. It was horrible. But at the time, it was normal. And it's not anymore. Right. And, and that, now we know. And that's and now we know. Right. And, 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 and somebody will say, well, we knew then. Well, people did know then. And there were there were larger thinkers then. Mm-hmm. Um, but the common acceptance was this is how the world works. But how would you feel? I mean, I, I often in, in covering news have to think about. You know, kind of move the pieces around, okay? Let's just say some extremist group started using Facebook to kill people or, you know, just atrocities, okay? Sure. But we were all on Facebook because it's just what people did. We connected with our high school friends, right? how people know maiden names, you know, little things like that. Yeah. Um, But then in 50 years, when Facebook goes down in flames, there was the worst thing to happen to society... Would you look back at what you're doing right now and saying, oh, that was evil? Because no, because right now for you, I don't know, it's a hard topic. Yeah. I it get is it. Very hard and topic. I also think a lot of it is very symbolic. You know, you fight against and something that's like thing. that. It, that's right. Right now, it's, it's, I think people feel like, well, that's me saying that we're done with that. Yeah. Hell it, with that. The, the symbolism overrides uh, a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got to say, you know, we have, we have some peaceful protests right now in downtown Lafayette mm-hmm. to, to a monument. And for the first time, I've actually really appreciated the way that this has has happened mm-hmm. because it is actually very thoughtful, and it isn't um, it, it isn't just about tearing down. Seemingly, I know there's there's a, an idea to tear down, mm-hmm. but what I've witnessed when I've been downtown is people who are expressing their thoughtfulness over the monument, and that's that's a that's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you use it as a teaching tool, it's the best thing you can do. You know. Bob Carricker. We got to wrap always. up there for Is, is that it? Are we going to shoot off the uh, confetti did cannon? You, is there, you have to do that. He in the really did. Lot. No, I'm not. It's a, it creates a horrible mess. I was about to say, <laughs> you're not doing it in here. Because guess what? You're looking at janitor one and janitor two. We have to be responsible for that.
Thanks, Bob. It's good to see you. you All right. Awesome. Now, button up we've got other stuff go on Columbus. I want to say the Pinta, Nina Pinta, Santa, Santa Maria. Maria. These aren't really the names of the ships. And the Pinta was actually a nickname for a prostitute. Okay, congratulations. <gasps> you just got one more minute. Give us a quick rundown what? of that. Yeah, well, the, the, so the official names of these ships, because yeah. they're commissioned by Spain, and Spain is directly connected to the glories of the church, mm-hmm. they were named after saints. So the Santa Maria was the real name. Mary. Right. The 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 uh, Nina was the Santa Clara, and it was called the Nina because it was a nickname for the owner of the ship, mm-hmm. and Pinta was a nickname for a prostitute. And the, so the sailors, you know, they're like, nah, the ship is named ah, Pinta. <laughs> right? And we don't focus on that. We don't. So you want to go don't. after Columbus? Say, oh, my gosh. He sailed across the ocean in a name in a ship named Prostitute. Uh, the outrage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bob Carricker with us every Thursday morning. I won't I give you any it. requests for at least two weeks, okay? Bring whatever you want to talk <laughs> Look about at his next face. week. He's very happy and pleased with himself. <laughs> All right, 653 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. Hey, coming up after top of the hour news, Mayor President Josh Gillery yep. will be in studio with us for Lafayette Live, and we'll take your calls at 232-1542. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Brobridge, Lafayette. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Right now, 72 degrees here at the Cape Hill Studios. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news and information update. Well, Atlanta officials, the two police officers... Well, they're talking about disapproval of the two other officers. They say they can't believe they've been charged with the fatal shooting of Rashard Brooks. It's coming amid ongoing calls for police reform and ending racial injustice. Fox's Brian Ellenis in Atlanta has more details on what they're saying. Atlanta's Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms says that the morale for Atlanta's police department is down, quote, tenfold. The police union chief, Vince Champion, says that morale is, quote, terrible. And he called yesterday the worst in the city's law enforcement's history, given the charges that were filed against those officers. Champion said officers walked off the job last night in at least two of the city's six zones. Last night, the Atlanta Police Department tweeted this about the callouts. Quote, earlier suggestions that multiple officers from each zone had walked off the job were inaccurate. The department is experiencing a higher than usual number of callouts with the incoming shift. We have enough resources to maintain operations and remain able to respond to incidents. Now, fired officer Garrett Rolfe faces felony murder and 10 other charges after he shot Brooks at a Wendy's drive through last week. The second officer involved in the incident, Devin Brosnan, faces an aggravated assault charge for allegedly standing on Brooks's shoulders in the parking lot. St. Landry Parish Sheriff's Deputy Eddie Thibodeau, a spokesman for the department, says a juvenile male has been arrested after a woman called in to complain there were a bunch of gunshots all through her home after she had thought she had heard shots. Sheriff Bobby Guidro says the shooting happened last week at a home on Fontenot Road near the Opelousas area. The woman telling detectives that apparently the young person who was arrested in this case had some sort of altercation with her daughter. That very same day that all of this happened.